Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. difficult for me to do live shows. I really, really need it to be in good health. But here's the benefit of me actually being sick. (laughs) And my friend Bernadette will tell you because she is today's guest um, on Unfiltered. So here I was in bed and I'm looking through these channels and I see 90-day fiancé before the 90 days, and I hesitated, and then I hit select, (laughs) and there I was sucked in by these couples who apparently have been in some type of online relationship before they actually met in person. Now, I know I had missed some episodes, and this is the reason why I have Bernadette. I know that she is an avid watcher of these shows because I know it's more more than just the 90-day fiancé before the 90 days. I know that there are other 90-day fiancés shows. So um, because of my own personal experience was one of the reasons why it's like, why do I need to watch something when I already lived my own nightmare of 90 day fiance? (laughs) So here I was and Bernadette, thank you for being on the show. Bernadette has been on the show before. If you guys recall last year, (laughs) I don't even think that I want to remember what happened towards the end of the show. (laughs) Oh, the legend. So the last time that you were on the show, we had all of this crazy stuff going on. And, you know, this is the reason why I think a lot of the times it's just better to pre-record um, <laughs> some some shows. But needless to say, here we are again, and we're going to talk about 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days episode. Now, it seems one of the popular characters I want to say on this show had been Ed and I believe the girl's name is Rose. Yes. Rose. Um, to be honest, I think that with Ed, 
90 Day Fiance made a huge, a grave error in judgment in um, backing that horse, as I like to say, when they backed mm-hmm. the horse to the Because I think that what they were trying to do was that they were trying to depict him as, you know, this lovable schlub who mm-hmm. just loves and, you know, he hadn't, he hadn't had a girlfriend in 30 years and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. But as the storyline progressed, you start to realize that, number one, there's a reason he hasn't had a girlfriend in nearly three decades, and that's mm-hmm. because he's a creep. And number two, <laughs> the reason he chose Rose is specifically because what he thought he was getting was going to be this docile Asian doll stereotype mm-hmm. that would just bow down and do whatever he said um, without questioning him. And as we saw in, you know, the subsequent episodes, that's not what he got. Um, you know, sure, it's true, Rose is in extreme poverty. She's growing, she's uh, raising her son in conditions that are unfathomable to us as Americans. Wow. But at the end of the day, I, well, you know, you have to understand, like, you see in the show that in this, in this hut that she lives in in the Philippines, Outside mm-hmm. of the capital, Manila, um, she's got like CD covers as curtains. Um, she has a thin cot mattress that's on the floor, and when it rains during monsoon season, it comes through the roof and it forms water all around her her bed. And they can't—they don't even have indoor plumbing. Okay, they have to wash outside. Mm-hmm. These conditions are unfathomable to most Americans. We don't we don't understand what that's like because even in the worst apartments and even in like Section 8 housing, we mm-hmm. have basic amenities of, of, of heat and electricity and running water, and right. she doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that at the, at the end of their storyline, she ultimately breaks up with him because right. – she just is not going to stand for disrespect. You know what? Yeah, a life in America would be nice. It would be nice for both her and her son, mm-hmm. but not cost of her self-respect. And I think at the end of it all, you walk away with a respect not for Ed or sympathizing with Ed, but you walk away with mm-hmm. a newfound respect for Rose. And as a spoiler... It was revealed online that Rose has subsequently got married to a woman uh, shortly after taping finished. So, and she's living a much better life now. And and for this, I I, I couldn't applaud her more, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. for you no know, and this I think you've experienced even in your own life, Maribel. No mm-hmm. matter how good you think that relationship is, mm-hmm. or how bad it is. Some things are just not worth your self-respect. And if the relationship starts costing you your self-respect, you mm-hmm. mm-hmm. walk away. I have to agree with you on that 100%. I mean, you and I have been friends for many years. I mean, <laughs> a long Girl. time, you know. Amen. And Amen. you understand exactly the choices that I made in my own personal life. And I make it no secret, you know, um, about shit show and, and the things that, that had transpired and a lot of the disrespect that occurred um, with 
my mom. And it was something that I even talked about in my last video with the Real Housewives of Atlanta um, update. And I completely agree with you on that. It does really come to a point, not just your self-respect, but your emotional and mental sanity of having to succumb to somebody who really doesn't care about your well-being. And the thing is, if they don't care about your well-being, they're certainly not going to care about their own. They're just in a in a totally different element. Right. Well, because I didn't see too much of the background of his relationship with Rose and how it occurred, what do you think, what are your opinions on why was it that she, like, was is enamored with him was she ever enamored with him was it more of she was exploring her options and wanting to meet him in person just to kind of gauge if this is something that she really wanted to pursue um i think that what we have to understand before i can answer that question Mm -hmm. is this the concept of being in a relationship for love is a very Western and almost exclusively American concept. Mm-hmm. In spaces where women have opportunity and um, education and their own money, they can afford to, to marry or to get into relationships solely because they love someone. Take someone like you, take someone like me. Mm-hmm. Okay, we both are in the same boat. We own our own homes. We pay our own bills. We have our mm-hmm. own responsibilities. Right. We don't need to marry a man to get housing. We don't need to marry a man for upward social or economic mobility. We we, we bring our own shit to the table, in other words. So right. if we're going to with somebody... And, you know, we, I, we've seen that in both of our cases in different ways. Certainly that's my case right now. If I'm going to mm-hmm. get with somebody or I'm with somebody because I'm with somebody right now, um, it's not because he can provide me with economic stability. It's not because mm-hmm. I need him to pay my bills. It's because I genuinely love the guy. Right. So before we go any further, we have to establish that that's, a place of privilege that we as American women have. In mm-hmm. the case of Rose, we have a woman that, as I said before, is in dire straits. Mm-hmm. And while it would be nice if she could say, yeah, I'm marrying for love, because we all want that. We're human, and we all want to be loved. The reality is, you know, for, if not for her, then for the benefit of her son, whom she frequently talks about and genuinely loves and interacts with very much for the benefit mm-hmm. of her son. She would need to marry somebody for that economic stability, and hopefully learn to grow to love or at least like the person enough. Um, so I think that what Ed offered for her was a chance for a better life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that because Ed made her out to be like this gold digger throughout right. the series. But then when you when you break it down and you realize what actually he spent on her, it was the equivalent of 20 American dollars. And if mm-hmm. spending 20 American dollars makes you a gold digger, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. 
because as far as I'm concerned, you can't be a gold digger if there is no gold to dig. You're, you're mm-hmm. at the wrong mine if $20 is a pot of gold. Right. So um, I think that really she looked at Ed as an opportunity for a better life, and I think she connected with him because she did genuinely like him as a person. I, I wouldn't go mm-hmm. so far as to say love. He also seemed mm-hmm. to have this affinity to want to parent her son. Her son is very young, and he needed that father figure because his own father was absent in his life. So I think she looked at all of that and, and looked at the sum total of things and said, hey, you know what, he may not be, you know, Jason Momoa or Oscar Isaac levels of attractive, but you know what, he's a nice guy and he can provide me stability that I otherwise don't have. But, but again, he, he, he is a father, correct? He does have a daughter, he does he not? He, he does, but the daughter, number one, is almost 30. And number two, mm-hmm. it's unclear just how involved he was in her life because shortly after she was born, he divorced her mother because he cheated on her. So it's unclear just how involved he was in her life. The fact, too, that he was talking about getting a vasectomy suggested right. that he was not someone who was actively looking to be a father, which, as someone who's pushing 60, you can understand mm-hmm. that. My own mm-hmm. mother's in her 60s. She's made clear, you know, I raised my daughters. I'm not raising my grandkids. I just want to be a grandmother and go off to Italy, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> so you understand right. that at a certain age, you've already had kids. You mm-hmm. don't want, you know, start over mm-hmm. again with, you know, another baby or a four-year-old. Right. But in the same breath, that also gives that, – that's also – you're getting into a relationship with somebody under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're basically promising, you know, you, you sold Rose an empty bag of goods is the long right. and the short of it. And it, it's unfair to say, well, she's a gold digger or mm-hmm. anything else when you yourself didn't come to the table with, you know – with all your cards out and, and, and shown, to be frank. I I just find the whole thing a little bizarre. And it goes back to the comment that you made about, you know, the American way of loving somebody. Because when I look at Ed, I don't think that he's a physically attractive looking man. <laughs> so I'm saying to myself, well, what the hell does he have that, you know, a woman would want him in that capacity, I'm. I guess I'm just confused about that. But that's that's my well, whole that's physical attribute of it. We we also have to be honest about American women for five minutes, okay? My mm-hmm. uncle and Ed are within like two or three years of one another, and mm-hmm. whereas Ed looks like a schlub, my <laughs> uncle is very physically fit. Uh, for a man his age, he's attractive. I mean, certainly he he's not 21, and he doesn't look 21, but he's attractive. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. He makes a lot of money. He drives a nice car. He drives a mo- he has a motorcycle. He has a wave runner. He has his own house with a pool, and you know he lives on the golf course in Palm Beach. So he checks off all the boxes. Quite frankly, right. if he's looking for a 21 year old American girl, that's what these sugar babies in America want. Mm-hmm. If I'm totally honest with you, that's what they want. They want somebody like my uncle. 
they're not looking for somebody like Ed because somebody like Ed, aside from being physically disgusting, can't mm-hmm. afford can't afford to give them a sugar baby life. Okay, right. he mm-hmm. is a working class slug, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But understand that what Ed was looking for and what the reality of what he was going to get were two very different things. And that's, I think, another reason why he went all the way over to the Philippines to find a young girl because mm-hmm. he basically thought he could pull the wool over her eyes. Well, she only wants to, you know, the very least. Again, if you're, if you're sleeping on a mat on the floor, mm-hmm. you don't understand what it means to have a sugar baby lifestyle. You know, my uncle right. can take a stripper in Palm Beach shopping on Morris Avenue, drop $5,000 like it's nothing, and call mm-hmm. it a day. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, and it won't make a dent in his pocket. But that's not something, that's something that an American will understand, okay? Right. That's not something that a Rose would understand. To Rose, mm-hmm. you're to survive. And your attitude right. on love and life becomes very different when your goal is survival and not love. Mm-hmm. And Which have, makes we sense. Have to keep that in mind. Yeah, we have to keep that in mind. We have to remember mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. And that doesn't make Rose a bad person. It doesn't make her a gold digger. That's mm-hmm. just the reality of what she was dealing with. I think why people mm-hmm. go so hard against Ed is because he knew that and he took advantage of it and disrespected her for it. That's what I think turned Ed off to you know to a lot of the viewers. And that's why I said at the top of the segment that TLC really bet on the wrong horse when it came to Ed. Mm-hmm. It gives you an opportunity to see these different lives, you know, from a different perspective. And everything that you brought up is so valid because, you know, I can look at it and say, well, here are two people that are exploring opportunities who live in different countries. They have different lifestyles, and now they're coming together to see if they can merge as one and, you know, be able to live in harmony. But when you break it down in the sense of the way Rose is or was living, because now apparently she is with somebody else, and the sacrifices that she was making just to make sure that her son was safe gives it a whole different avenue. Do you know what I'm saying? Now you're not just looking at a woman pursuing a man or a man pursuing a woman. It goes in deeper than, it does. than just that, that. that. That's what we have to distinguish on 90 Day Fiance. We mm. cannot look at all of these relationships and assume that they're on the same playing field. Uh, Darcy right. and Jesse from a previous season, and, mm-hmm. you know, something else, Darcy and Tom, were on the same playing field. Darcy came from Middleton, Connecticut, from a relatively well-off family. Jesse mm-hmm. came from a relatively well-off family in the Netherlands. And even though Tom is more of like a shifty dude, at the end of the day, he comes with Western culture in mind. And he mm-hmm. understands for women to have income equality. The same thing goes for this season with Stephanie and Erica. Stephanie and Erica are both, even though they're Gen Z, they're both women that make their own money, and they right. don't need to get with women. Avery and Ash, same thing. They don't need to get with one another to 
you know, have that income stability, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a very different story when two people get together because they, they, they are on the same playing field, at least culturally speaking or economically mm-hmm. speaking, they get together for purposes of survival. And you have to look at 90 Day Fiancé through each of those different lenses and understand what it is. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't grow to, want to love one another. The most infamous example of this is David and Annie from a few seasons back who are now on mm-hmm. Pillow Talk. Mm-hmm. David came... Um, you know, economic stability in America. He was fresh off of a divorce when he met Annie. Annie was much mm-hmm. younger than him. She came from a relatively, I don't want to say poor, but a farming family in Thailand. So it wasn't necessarily a city-minded person. And mm-hmm. they had to pay a dowry and do traditional Thai things. But over time, even though Annie may have initially gotten with David for survival purposes, over time, you start to see that they develop a genuine love and respect for one another, and it's that love and respect that you continue to see on Pillow Talk, and I think that's mm-hmm. why people are so endeared to David and Annie today, whereas mm. they're not as endeared to Ed, because mm-hmm. David didn't go into it under false pretenses. David said, look, I'm just off of a divorce. I'm not as rich as right. you may want in America to be. If you still want me, I'm here. If not, I understand. And on the mm-hmm. other hand was sing Rose, the Sun, the Moon, and the Stars, and he couldn't even deliver her a newspaper. So you have to look at, again, like you said, you have to look at each situation for what it is. Right. And recognize and understand, is this a thing where they genuinely love one another and they're coming from pretty much the same mindset? Or is mm-hmm. this a situation where one needs to survive and is counting on the other to make that happen? Well, let's talk a little bit about when you you bring up the financial stability. Let's talk about David and Lana because they were the ones who intrigued me the most um, mm-hmm. because of how they met and things that I read online that she was, she's some type of like an online chatter type girl she gets paid to talk and I'm thinking okay if this is the case then David has conjured up in his mind that this woman is his girlfriend and that (laughs) he can establish a relationship with her this is what happens to men who get caught up with the online girlfriend, air quotes, that they pay to talk and see private shows and what have you, and it becomes very personal for them. They almost don't want to see that this is just a business for the cam girl, if you will. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and all she's doing is just making a living doing this this is her way Mm. it could be extra money whatever the situation may be Um, I'm not here to judge people's situations on how they choose to make money you know at the Uh, end of the day like you know like you say at the end of the day it's about supplementing whatever income and if that's what makes her happy in supplementing her income in that way 
while she's able to maintain being with family and friends, because apparently she's very much into her nephew's hockey and perhaps that's something that's important to her. But in David's mind, anyone who seems to come in and take away the idea that he can have an established relationship with her, he gets very, very upset to a point where he's argumentative and he doesn't want anything to do with anyone who speaks negatively of Lana. So what are your thoughts in the relationship? Because like I said, I only caught whatever I had watched up until the present time, but I'm not sure what happened before. Well, let's, let's, let's level the playing field and let's be honest with one another for about two seconds here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know that when it comes to sex work, and I don't mean prostitution in this case, I mean any type of sex work that involves BDSM or cam girls or Mm -hmm. phone sex operators, anything that involves sex work, what makes a sex worker successful? Mm -hmm. You have to answer that question for yourself. The thing Mm -hmm. that makes a sex worker successful is if they're able to sell the girlfriend experience without having the girlfriend commitment. Right. Really the core of sex work. Okay. Men go to sex workers for a variety of reasons, but at its core, it's because sex workers can provide the girlfriend experience without the girlfriend commitment. Um, The problem that we have with David and Lana is that Lana understands that this is what she's doing, and David has bought into that fantasy so much that he can't see the reality. That while David sees this as this is my girlfriend and we're going to get married and blah, 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 Lana sees this as a job, and that's all Mm -hmm. it is to her. Because mm-hmm. after seven years of dating somebody, you can barely stand to hug that person because, you know, I'm sure you saw that, that when they finally oh. met, barely <laughs> hug him and she wasn't affectionate with him at all. Mm-hmm. And that right there told me what you just finished saying is that this was a job to her. This was mm-hmm. not a relationship. Listen, if I haven't seen someone that I love, like genuinely, romantically, in a long time, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to grab on them, I'm going to hug them, I'm going to kiss them. I'm just, I'm just going to want to touch them. I, I want to touch their face. I want, I want them to know and I want to feel, I want to feel that person mm-hmm. because that person, that person is, is significant to me. But if it's just someone that I'm associated with on business, and again, I'm not a sex worker. I work in the entertainment field. I work in publicity. I work in journalism. But if it's just somebody that, like, I know from a job and I haven't seen you in a minute, the the Mm -hmm. most you're going to get out of me is a friendly hug or, like, a high five. Mm -hmm. And and that's what we saw with Lana, that she understands it's a job, but David does not. David has bought into this whole girlfriend experience as being Mm -hmm. a real girlfriend, and he Mm -hmm. is too lonely. So I don't want to say deluded. He's too lonely to understand that that's all it is for her. I mean, I think it's just it's just so sad when it's right there in his face. You know, and and I I wrote about it on my blog. I'm saying to myself, how does this man not 
see how her interaction with him, when somebody says, you have to make a bet in a bowling game. Well, if I get a strike, then I get to kiss you. There's no romance in that. I mean, seven years. This is, this is the thing that, that, that he has spent seven years of his life pursuing this woman. He has traveled to the Ukraine, what, four or five times? Was it the fifth time that he finally got to meet her in person? I mean, it's like, yeah. uh, who has that kind of money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we don't, we don't, we don't, the I don't think that's that even more interesting. What we don't see on the show, but what was subsequently revealed in spoilers, is that Lana wasn't the only one, the only cam girl he was paying to have these kinds of interactions with. Lana was just the only one that he felt that kind of connection with. So what right. I think you have here is the case of a lonely old man, and I really hate I really hate to say this because mm-hmm. it it is very sad in a way, like you said. What you have here is the case of a lonely old man who mm-hmm. just is so desperate for affection and love that he's willing to believe that a cam girl genuinely loves him. Nobody has the heart to tell him otherwise. You know, it just makes me wonder. <laughs> I mean, I hate, I, I don't like the idea of putting television networks down or what have you, because, you know, really it's about entertaining an audience, but at what level, do you know what I mean? Uh, that here we have this man, I mean, he's not a terribly bad looking man, do you know what I mean? But he's not... No extremely good looking or sexy, at least in my own personal opinion, but decent enough that he lives a a pretty decent life. But in his mind, that he just doesn't understand and craving that, that attention because he is lonely. And you have a network that comes in and says, maybe we can fix it up and make it better, you know? And that just preys more on the emotional aspect that he is not really going to get back in return, especially with Lana. Well, in this case, listen, I, I have not been fond of how TLC has handled some things, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Especially with the Jeffrey and Varya situation, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Yes, but, yes, that, that's for sure. <laughs> but it, what needs to be made clear is that TLC doesn't set it up in the sense of, well, I'm going to set you up with this girl. When these couples go to 90 Day Fiance, they've already got this quote-unquote relationship in place. Right. At what level or whether or not they've met yet is is really the wild cards in all this. In some cases they have met already, in other cases they haven't. But these relationships mm-hmm. are already in place. It's not what you say, it's like married at first sight where they're just meeting their partner for the first time on the show. This is right. a situation where the relationships have already been established. Mm-hmm. What I think I, I will say is a fair criticism of TLC about is that they made Lana out to be a catfish, and right. she wasn't. This is the reality of it. This is the unspoken reality that, you know, nobody really wants to 
TLC because at the end of the day, TLC is still a primetime network, and there are certain things that are not going to be explicitly said uh, because they're simply not comfortable talking about it. At the end of the day, TLC didn't want to address the fact that she was a cam girl and a professional sex worker. Um, and that's, that's unfortunate because I think that um, had they addressed that and made it clear that this was a situation, I think there would be more sympathy for David than there is right now. Because right now what we have is they prefer to portray it as a catfish situation rather than as a sex worker situation. But rather than say that this was a cam girl situation where she was meeting one of her quote-unquote Johns, they prefer to portray her as a catfish um, because they didn't want to address the fact that she was a sex worker. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily, like I said, this is not me saying that Lana was a prostitute. This is right. me saying that this is a cam girl who was mm-hmm. meeting one of her jobs or one of her clients, whichever term you prefer. Mm-hmm. And that's how she viewed it, whereas David viewed it as this is my genuine girlfriend, and that wasn't the case. Right. I mean, but even I going as far as taking pictures and trying to generate or establish some form of a relationship so that he could apply for a visa. And I felt like he was doing all of these things on the jump and not discussing it with her. Like when was he planning on saying I'm documenting all of these things to document our relationship. So when we apply Mm -hmm. for the visa, we can show proof that we've been involved. It's almost as if he conjured this conversation all in his head, didn't really have a conversation with her about it until mm. he finally met her that day. So still to right. me, he's, he's still delusional. Right. And you can tell based on their interactions mm-hmm. that she's not necessarily sold on the concept of coming to America and living in America. Because right. again, the unspoken truth is this is a job for her. Mm-hmm. This is not her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. This is not a mm-hmm. genuine relationship for her. And I think that what especially she makes clear in her confessional is that she only agreed to meet David because he seemed nice. In other words, right. she wasn't afraid of getting killed if she went mm-hmm. to go meet him. But again, she there was no sense of, like you said, there was no sense of romance. There was no sense of... You know, I, I really can't wait to meet David. We've been talking so long. And yada, yada, yada. Right. There was this mm-hmm. sense of this is a job, and I want to keep the money flowing, so if this is what he wants, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to him. And he seems like he's not going to kill me, so what's the, what's the problem here? Well, you know, and then think about it also in this aspect. You've got TLC producers following you around and not really leaving you alone, so why would anybody in that circumstance have anything to worry about? Exactly, exactly. And what needs to be made clear as well is that whereas the American cast members get paid, the foreign mm-hmm. cast members do not. The only time the foreign cast members get paid is when they become citizens of the United States. So Blonde didn't have a financial motive to mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, meet up with the TLC producers. And mm-hmm. based on what she looked like and how she was living, 
She wasn't exactly poor. She wasn't exactly living in, like, you know, outer Siberia where she Mm -hmm. only saw sunlight two two hours a day. She was, you know, she was going to the gym. She, you know, she kept herself fit. She was buying designer clothes. Mm -hmm. Why the hell? You know, and again, this, this is something that my dad told me, God rest his soul, back when he was alive. The mm-hmm. reason you saw you see certain American certain foreigners rather come to America is because their life in their country is so shit that America mm-hmm. offers an opportunity that they otherwise would not have. Because the fact right. of the matter is, if you were living well in Italy or Sicily, you damn mm-hmm. sure weren't coming to America. Why would you? You have no reason. You have everything mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. time you came over is when it promised you a better life. So I use that to relate to Lana. She's not exactly poor. She's not exactly right. living a bad life. So mm-hmm. all this leads you to believe and leads you to understand that she doesn't view David as her boyfriend and she doesn't view David as a doorway to a better life. She views David as a right. client, period, and discussion. That's the way I viewed her because I didn't see that she – looked unhappy being in her home country. She looked very comfortable. She looks like she's living a very good life, you know, and what if, what if the tables turned and she told him, I'm not interested in becoming an American citizen. I'm not interested in visiting America or, or anything of, of that nature. Um, and then David wants to become a citizen of the Ukraine and be there with her. I mean, at some point, if she really isn't interested in him and gauging from her, her, um, her body language, she isn't, wouldn't she have to put her foot down at some point and say, look, this was just the girlfriend experience that I was giving you. I have no interest in getting married. I have no interest in settling down. I mean, even just keeping it on a, on a general term, you know, that breakup, <laughs> the breakup yeah, where it's just, you kind of just keep it on yourself because you don't want to hurt the other person. You know, the other person is going to hurt, but you don't want to induce any more pain than exactly. it's going to be already. Well, I, you know, that, something like that is addressed in another 90 day franchise called The Other Way. On The Other Way, 90 Day Fiance, mm-hmm. The Other Way, you have Americans going to other countries to live because they met somebody from abroad. Um, in mm. this season coming up, you have a woman going to India. You have another woman going to Ethiopia. You have a man going to Mexico. So in those cases, the reason I like that franchise the best is because you know then if you're willing to give up your whole life in America to go to a foreign country where you may not even speak the language, let alone anything mm-hmm. else, it's mm-hmm. you genuinely love that person. Because it takes a huge sacrifice, especially if you're going to a country like Ethiopia where the, where, you know, the state religion is not necessarily the same as yours and you're required to adapt to different social norms than you're necessarily right. used to in America. Because you love mm-hmm. that person. What I think, I don't ever think that David's going to apply for Ukrainian citizenship or anything like that. I think eventually, like you said, it's going to come to a point where it will be revealed that this was a job for her, or mm-hmm. he, whether it be that he, the realization or she makes it clear that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's going to have it's it's going to come to its natural conclusion. Um, because David does not seem interested in giving up his life in Las Vegas to go running to the Ukraine. He doesn't right. speak like, the language. He speaks no Russian. He speaks no Ukrainian. And this right. after seven years of, quote, unquote, having a girlfriend. Not for anything, within two years of my mother meeting and marrying my father, she spoke the Sicilian dialect. So mm-hmm. if you really love this person, you would make that effort, too. So I think we also have to take I mean, that after into seven account. years. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you would at least learn something. Hello and goodbye. Right. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Mhm. I mean, and then think about it. He doesn't have her personal contact information. He can't nope. speak to her on the phone, let alone text her. The only way he can reach her is through that site. And when I when I uh saw that part I said well this this already speaks volumes at the fact that if she's not sharing personal information with him on how to get a hold of her on the phone or try and make an effort to have some kind of an application where they can talk on the phone it is very very clear to me that this is not a real relationship for her what did you think Correct. when they had asked her, when the producers asked her how much bent on her? Her response was, can we skip this question? What were your thoughts on her response? It only solidified what I previously said. This was a mm-hmm. job for her. Right. And somebody were to ask me, hey, how much did you make on that last job? I would answer in the same way. Hey, how right. much did the Supreme guys pay you to do publicity for the convention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck, is it of yours? What do you mean? Right. <laughs> Just know I got paid. You don't need to know anything else. What are you, my accountant? Like <laughs> that? That? That's that's how I took it. <laughs> I right. would have the same response. But again, it goes back to she views it as a job. That's that's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not where you see like it was a case of Rose. To so go back to Rose real quick, mm-hmm. when Egg. Supporting her, and he he was spending all this money before he got to the Philippines. She was she was clear. Yeah, he spent a lot of money. He spent it on this and this and then he gave me money for rent. He did this. He did that. That's a real relationship. What mm-hmm. is this a job? This is my account, and I'm not telling you what the fuck I made. What does this look like? Right. I wonder if David will come to the conclusion that you know this relationship with Lana isn't real, that it's just a fantasy. For his sake, I certainly hope so. I mean, if he's doing it with, with other with other women, if he has, you know, these online relationships with multiple women, is he thinking in his mind, I mean, this could also, I'm going to, one of these women, they're going to fall in love with me. They're going to fall madly in love with me. They're going to want to move out here to Las Vegas with me, and we're going to live happily ever after. Okay. If it's not Lana, you know, it's going to be somebody else. Right, but there's a reason why he specifically latched on to Lana. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for whatever the reason may be, and that I can't speak to. For mm-hmm. my, my opinion, and this is just an, an educated observation, mm-hmm. he latched Lana, because she was the most successful in selling what we called the girlfriend experience earlier. Right. When else seemed to make it clear that it was a job. 
Now let's get into Mr. Knoxville, Jeffrey, Varia, and Mary. I am not sure what happened in the beginnings of their relationships because when I came into the episode, he was in Russia and they were doing that banya thing and um, and swimming and he had proposed to her and her response was not now. <laughs> then um, he goes I'll be, back I'll home. I'll be honest with you. Do you mm-hmm. I'll be, uh, I'm going to be dead ass for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, there's a reason I don't engage when Jeffrey and Varya come on the screen. And there are a lot of people that are like me. In mm-hmm. fact, when Pillow Talk comes on, which is the segment where um, former 90 Day Fiancé cast members give their comments um, during the show, it's, it's sort of mm-hmm. like a live stream Sports Center for 90 Day Fiancé fans. Um, they never show Jeffrey and Varya's segments. And there's Why a reason is- for that. Because shortly before this season aired, and they mm-hmm. announced the cast members, and hey, we have Jeffrey and Varya and this and that, um, Jeffrey's criminal past came to light. And it wasn't something that was minor. It was something mm-hmm. that was really, really major. Um, he was convicted of several... Uh, drug trafficking charges. He was convicted of domestic violence. Um, his ex-wife oh. has a restraining order on him. Um, the, the mother of his two younger children, one of whom died suspiciously in his care, um, specifically made clear to the courts that she did not want her ex-husband near the children because of the suspicious death of that younger child. And while he was never convicted of anything, there's mm-hmm. certainly um, a restraining order against him. He was convicted of domestic violence. He was convicted of child abuse. He was convicted of drug trafficking. This man is basically a mess. Wow. While, like, yeah. Well, we were talking about it earlier, you and I, in a different context. We all live and learn. We all make mistakes, and we all grow to be better yeah. people. But there mm-hmm. are certain things that are just unforgivable. You mm-hmm. know, growing up in a, in a committed relationship is one thing. It not working out is one thing. Um, mm-hmm. Even a minor offense mm-hmm. is one thing. Well, when it's something that's so violent and so egregious, or, you know, that you're convinced that the reason your child is dead is because your ex-husband was so abusive that he contributed to this, mm-hmm. then my humble opinion is that you don't deserve my energy or, mm-hmm. or any type of... And apparently TLC agrees, because while they have gone out and promoted every other couple and have made them available for interviews for people and Mm -hmm. um, In Touch Weekly and all this other stuff, Jeffrey and Varya weren't given that. And Varya, in fact, was so pissed about it that she went to a podcast and cried about it because she expected to have some level of recognition from being on the show with Jeffrey. And she feels that, of course, you know, nobody understands her man and he's not getting a fair shake and yada, yada, yada. I'm sorry, but if you hurt a child 
be it that you molest the child or you beat up the child or you, you God forbid, killed the child, you mm-hmm. don't deserve to go on podcasts and promote yourself on 90 Day Fiance. You just don't. Right. So but I want to get that out of the way real fast. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, Frank, that, that's, that's the long and the short of Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. The fact that Varya and Mary were fighting over him just shows what a scumbag he is. Because mm-hmm. Varya didn't protect him. She just said, I need more time. I'm not, we don't know each other that long. It's not that I don't love you. We don't know each other that long. Right. Um, so I can't say yes yet. Mind you, in previous episodes, he was saying, oh, she only wants me for American citizenship. I don't really mm-hmm. know if this is the right relationship for me because she just might be using me for American citizenship. But if she was just using you for American citizenship, dude, the minute you mm-hmm. presented that ring, she said yes. And that's not what she said. She said, not, not now. now. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get to know one another a little bit more, and then we can talk about that next level. And he he was just like, well, yeah, well, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. And he, you know, he goes storming off and has a rebound. Dude's a scumbag. Dude is an absolute you know, scumbag. I have to say that here's where my mind just went in listening to you talk about the breakdown with the relationship. And again, looking at her life, she doesn't seem to have any financial issues whatsoever. She seems to be living very well highly jealous i must uh it doesn't look like she needs a man to take care of her however my mind goes to the mindset of what happens during the bachelor and bachelorette seasons are the producers of tlc telling her things did they say something to make her get on a plane and go back there and and bum rush and, and find out who he's with, whether he really wants to be in a relationship or not. Because one issue I have, if she's texting him over and over and over again, and he's not responding to her, this is where this is like, you know, dumb man, one Oh one. Somebody is texting you and you're not interested in them. You cannot just assume that by you not replying or responding will get the person to understand that, that you have no interest in engaging in any type of conversation with them. It's best to say, you know, I was hurt. You let me down. You said not now. And I think that we should just end it from here. And that never occurred. Instead, In her mind, she believed that his lack of response to her was some sort of a a calling for her to go and and surprise him. Maybe if I surprise him, he'll, he'll be impressed. He'll be excited. Who knows what was going on in her head that... Well, this is to get into the nuances of relationships, right? Right. Because Mm -hmm. there are some men that... When they don't respond for a little while, men, like you said, it's, it's dumb men 101. Men, as a general rule, even though they're willing to be vulnerable and emotional with the woman they love, there are just some things that they got to handle on their own. And someone who is especially a macho man, and you can tell that I'm speaking from current experience, 
Somebody mm-hmm. especially who is macho or is raised with this very um, man has to be provider mentality. Right. Will not want to involve a woman in private situations that say involve you know finances or mm-hmm. because no no man who's halfway decent who's in financial trouble is going to go to a woman and say hey can you can you lend me five thousand dollars you know. <laughs> That that's just the reality, and mm-hmm. no man who is raised with that provider mentality is going to say, you know, hey, um, you know, my my mom and dad are having issues, or you know, God forbid, one of my siblings got diagnosed with cancer, or or something mm-hmm. like that. In other words, if there's a situation that a man feels he has to handle on his own and not involve the woman as sort of a of a protecting situation. He's mm-hmm. not going to be in regular contact. Also, as right. you know, men and women communicate very differently. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes men don't want to talk to all hours of the day and night. Sometimes men just want to be quiet and they just want to be present, but they don't right. necessarily want to engage. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you. It doesn't mean you're not in a relationship with them. It just means that right now they're not in, in a mind frame where they can give you the best version of themselves. I would like to give Varya the benefit of the doubt and say that that's what she thought when she went mm-hmm. into it, when she decided to hop on a plane to Knoxville. Um, she probably looked at it and said, hey, I guess I really hurt the dude, um, and he's not responding to me because he's hurt. Let me surprise right. him and go over and say, hey, listen, you know, just because we're not getting married right away doesn't mean I still I don't love you. It just means that let's take a little more time. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, I still love you, and I'm going to prove it to you by showing up at your door. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I don't think she was aware of is what a scumbag he was. Because he mm-hmm. gave all sorts of red flags throughout the entire season that he was a scumbag. The way he was talking to her, the way he was talking about her. These mm-hmm. were all signs that this dude was, was a scumbag. And I think that she got a she got an unfortunate wake-up call, and that's that's where she's at. Well, then my question is, if he's if he's such a scumbag, then why would Mary want to be bothered with somebody who apparently they have a long-standing friendship? So his life to her is not a mystery. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what yeah. is it that she sees in him that she wants to pursue a relationship with him? Well, girl, as you know from my own experience that you were witness to with a mutual friend or an ex-mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. that when there's a sense of familiarity, no matter how mm-hmm. fucked up that dude is, you go into it, okay? <laughs> let, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade, shall we? The reason why, you know... I, again, related to my situation. And by the mm-hmm. way, this is what made the fiancé so successful, is the fact that for leaving aside all the cultural differences and everything else, mm-hmm. there's something there for everybody. Someone somewhere can relate to whatever they've got going on. It's a very real trial and tribulation show, be it that they're going through it right now or they know somebody who went through it or they come looking at it from the wisdom of experience, like, hey, I've been there, don't do that. There's mm-hmm. something there for one, and that's why it resonates so well. Right. But back to this. Um, you know with my situation, the dude mm-hmm. was every type of 
fucked up with our ex with our ex mutual friend. Okay. Right. That I right. no longer even know what the dude is doing. He was every level of fucked up. He was an addict. He was on. He was living in the basement. He mm-hmm. had no career. He had. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude literally had nothing. Nothing right. but the clothes on his fucking back. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what? What he came to the table with was that sense of familiarity. Well, hey, I know him for 10 years. What could right. possibly go fucking wrong? Exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's what you go into it, too. I mean, like, and that's what I think Mary's situation was. Well, I know him for 10 years. It's it's very scary. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay because this, too, is something that I'm, I'm dealing with right now. It's Even when you care about somebody so deeply, Mm-hmm. When you have no history and no background, and you're mm-hmm. getting to know a person that has no connection to your past, it's very scary, and it's very Absolutely. overwhelming. It mm-hmm. it is. It is the mm-hmm. scariest thing on earth, especially if you've been burned in the past and you've been hurt in right. the past. Mm-hmm. And it takes a really strong person to to. It takes a really strong person to get over that fear and say. Listen, we're going to connect because we genuinely care about one another. But the right. vast majority of people, if given that opportunity to play it safe, do. Period. Yeah. And that's what Mary It's frightening because you think, and I'm sure that you can relate to this because of that situation, that you do think to yourself, because you've known them for so long, that they wouldn't do to you what you have seen them do to countless countless others because mm-hmm. you're different and what you have is special. And then to have that thrown in your face that all of a sudden you became like a statistic when, you know, that wasn't in the plan that wasn't supposed to be part of, of what you thought the relationship meant to the both of you is fucked up. And I think, you know, Mary showing up on the initial date that they were supposed to be on, that he took Varya on and basically shocked his friends. Um, what do you think about her showing up? Just kind of, you know what? I don't care. These are my friends. I mean, I can see that. I can see I can see myself saying, you know what? These are my friends. I had made plans to hang out with them. I don't care if he's there. I don't care if he's with this woman. These are my friends. Right Right. or wrong? Saving face, saving ass. Do you know what I mean? There's all of these. I guess it invites all of these different types of conversations and scenarios. Is she right in going? Is she wrong in going? Should she save face? Should she save ass? You know, there's all these different types of, of things that I guess people can discuss when it comes to her showing up. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. We, we, what we learn, especially as we become, we get older and we have life experience, you know, mm-hmm. you know when we're teenagers and we're in our 20s, we think that relationships are fairy tales. We're going to get together, mm-hmm. uh, um, date for a little while, we're going to get engaged, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids, we're going to live happily ever after. And mm-hmm. I think that for a lot of people in their 20s, that 
that's what they go into the relationship thinking, not realizing mm-hmm. that that's what not not every man or every woman, for that matter, wants that, you know. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older, you start to realize that relationships are not linear necessarily. And as you go through life and you obtain or, or experience more relationships, mm-hmm. you realize they come with their own nuances. Um, mm-hmm. And... You you just take them as they come and you go with the flow, as difficult mm-hmm. as it may be. And this, you know, I'm speaking from current experience. You know, it's very difficult when you when you have a, a lifetime of experience with, with relationships, both good and bad, to just mm-hmm. look at a situation and say, I'm going to go with the flow. But right. it's something that if you want a relationship to survive, you're going to have to do. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if that relationship that you're in is something that you care about and and has no connection to your past, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you were friends with the person prior, that's a connection to your past. If you dated the person prior, that's a connection to your past. If you know somebody who knows somebody, that's a connection to your past. But mm-hmm. if it's something that is completely brand new, you, it would behoove you, as difficult as it may be, and, you know, if the person genuinely cares about you, they'll work with you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to just go with the flow and just appreciate it step by step and grow and learn and love together and vibrate higher and be together. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we're seeing here with Mary is her inability to step away from her past and realize that this is no good. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're looking at a woman who's comfortable just phoning it in because she buys into the fantasy of relationship. Mm-hmm. She buys into the fantasy of, well, you know, we're going to date, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids, we're going to live happily ever after. When right. you know as an adult that relationships aren't always that easy. Mm-hmm. Relationships take learning and stumbling a little bit and getting back up and, you know, coming back together again. So that's that's really what you see, you, you know, what, that's really what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a situation where that's what you have with, with, with Mary. Um, she just does not want to let go of that fantasy of a relationship she has. And, you mm-hmm. know, she made clear, which is something that I think we're, we're not addressing, she made clear that she had a crush on Jeffrey for the longest mm-hmm. time. Right. And there was a certain before he went off to Russia where she said to him why not me why are you going all the way to Russia you know when I've been right. here for you for years blah, 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 blah. and it's like no dude no like you should know that, that this ain't it so you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta hold Mary accountable for that too and I don't think a lot yeah. of people are do you think that maybe it's an ego thing on his part? I mean, is he sincere about his his relationship with Varya, or is it more of an ego thing that he has these two women, you know, vying for him and fighting for him? I mean, look, the day that that she got to his house, he didn't say anything in defense of Mary. He didn't turn around and say, um, 
I need to talk to Mary for a minute. She just started to get up and get her things. And he stood there with his arms crossed. Like he didn't know what to say or do. I mean, he didn't console her or any way or apologize. There was nothing from him. Nothing came out of him. It was more of, I'm just going to watch these two women bitch out, you know, in front of me and, and call each other names. What the hell is that all about? I think that that's, Again, and like like you said earlier, it's an ego thing. Um, right. You know, it, it wasn't a thing where um, he was like, oh, you know, um, I'm I'm so confused, I'm so lost, and, you know, I've never really experienced anything like this. This mm-hmm. is a thing that was very deliberate on his part. He was He was loving, and I mean loving, the fact that these two women were brawling over him. He was loving the fact that, you know, Varya was getting in, his, in, in you know, Mary's face. He, it was mm-hmm. such a – you could see in his face. And like Absolutely. I, I, wanted him, I wanted to hit him so bad because mm-hmm. I'm like any woman with any type of self-esteem would, ju- would just land you one, dude, and, put, and, you know, put you in a coma for what you're right. doing to these women. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you could see he was, like – this is an ego rush for them. I don't think he loves either one of those women. I don't think mm-hmm. he has the ability to love. I think that he views women as, as objects, as collections, as things to add to his collection. And mm-hmm. he's, he's owed things and not that, you know, he should have an authentic or genuine relationship with people. So, yeah, yeah, fuck Jeffrey. I, I have no sympathy <laughs> or any type of him. Fuck him. Well, I have to tell you, I, it's really refreshing to get an in-depth, inside look because I know that you've been watching these shows and, you know, I see the, the, the tweets that you put up and, and I feel like I'm missing out. And now I don't feel that way anymore because I've got all <laughs> these details that, you know, that make sense of how these relationships came to be. Now, we don't have that much time left. I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about, um, oh, what's her name? The one from Philly, Lisa? Ugh. Is that, is that her? That's from York, PA. I think, we I can think close her. out with that one. <laughs> yeah. So what I think we have, like I said, um, with in an interview with The Breakfast Club, uh, shortly mm-hmm. Uh, after 90 Day Fiance debuted, Usman, who was her partner from Nigeria, revealed, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa told him that if he didn't marry her, she was going to kill herself. And so he married her out of a sense of fear and obligation. Mm-hmm. And that combined with how abusive and nasty she is to him mm-hmm. just tells me this is the definition of a toxic relationship. There's literally nothing redeeming or funny about this at all. Now, granted, Usman is very clear in his intent that mm-hmm. the reason he wants to America is because he wants to better his career. He mm-hmm. makes no secret about that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he least means to do that. But that said, it doesn't give anybody the right to abuse somebody else. To go into a relationship and say, if you don't marry me, I'm going to kill myself, 
is the right. most disgusting thing you can ever say to somebody else. Absolutely. Because you're guilting that person into marrying you. And yeah. you're forcing them to stay in a relationship that's toxic as shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, you look at it and you say, well, this is funny. These are two idiots using one another. But when right. you realize those nuances, you don't think it's funny anymore. And, right. And, again, this is why you can't look at any of these relationships on the surface and say, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, when I think 90 Day Fiancé first started out, I think they wanted to push this idea of, well, America is so great, and look at all these immigrants from all these crazy countries, you know, trying to come over here to become American citizens. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very much like American propaganda. But I mm-hmm. think that given the times that we're in right now, and given how people are starting to wake up and realize that America... There's a lot. Well, well, there's a lot that's great about America. There's a lot that ain't so great. Right. And America's be all and end all like it used to be. I think people started to turn away from this notion that all the foreigners were only there for for um, for American citizenship, and they mm-hmm. started to look at the relationships on an individual basis and recognize whether it was a genuine relationship built on mutual respect, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't a situation where they came from the same culture or whether mm-hmm. it was a relationship that was mutually beneficial or whether it was mm-hmm. just a toxic shit of a relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what people look at Usman and Lisa's relationship as. It's a toxic piece of shit relationship. It mm-hmm. really and truly, they're not together for the right reasons. They don't mm-hmm. want to be, they don't even seem to like each other very much. They just... They're so abrasive and aggressive and abusive to one another. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, why bother? Why right. fucking bother? That's what you're going to do. For me, I feel like it goes beyond the whole cultural thing. I mean, it's very clear his, you know, he has a very strong Islamic faith as well as his family. Mm-hmm. And prayer is very important. She didn't seem that she wanted to be a part of it, almost as she was just replaying what everybody else is doing but not very sincere about it and my thing is is that if you're if you're going to become part of that faith then it is important for you to have respect for it and that would go with any faith not just so much with becoming a muslim but whatever faith you decide that you respect you respect the people that are involved in that Right. So there for was, me, in, the, I, in the previous season of The Other Way, there was a couple mm-hmm. by the name of Avery and Oman. Avery was this 20-year-old girl from Ohio that, you know, mm-hmm. she was a typical American teenager until she met Omar, um, who was this doctor from Syria. He's a dentist, I believe. And mm-hmm. she went all out. She converted to her Muslim faith, to his mm-hmm. Muslim faith, rather. She, mm-hmm. you know, wears, she, she wears hijab. She, you know, observes different halal faiths, you know, she, she recognized that her past behavior was haram, and it was, it was really nice to see her evolve into that. She willingly learned about the, the religion and decided it was imperative to um, convert for his sake, and mm-hmm. Omar had genuine love and affection for her, regardless of her religion, because when he picked her up at the airport, 
you know, he had a nice car waiting for her. He brought her flowers. He brought her teddy bear. He had this genuine affection and respect for her. And that's not right. the case here. They, they, mm-hmm. you know, when Usman pick up Lisa at the airport, he comes out with her and his friends start laughing at her. And he doesn't do anything to stop it. That mm-hmm. right there would make someone like me turn my ass around, get on the next plane back to America, and say sayonara. Because right. if your friend disrespecting me and you don't stand up for me and you make them feel comfortable disrespecting me mm-hmm. then, then I don't want to be with you because right. it's never going to get any better it's only going to get worse mm-hmm. so there was always that like you said it was partly the religion partly the culture partly all these other things the fact of the matter is they don't even like one another and there's mm-hmm. literally no them being together and it's it's not even funny it's sad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. awful. It's just when you're when you're witnessing abuse in real time mm-hmm. and you're powerless to stop it, mm-hmm. it's not funny. There, there's right. nothing nice about it. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's not really a form of entertainment that anyone wants to tune into. So I completely agree with you on that because it's 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 a very odd relationship at best. And I do feel with her, it is this constant, well, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. Kind of like that banter thing, instead of it being a relationship of compromise, it's a relationship of, if you don't do that, this is what's going to happen, which is not a good thing for any relationship. You just don't, make barters like that. You know, that's, right. that's not a, a, a real relationship. Real relationships have compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they have, you know, well, we tried it this way, it doesn't work because I feel this way. We tried it that way, it doesn't work because you feel this way, so let's try to right. find a middle ground that will mm-hmm. make both of us. But that's not what we have here. We have a, a relationship consequence. If you don't do X, I'll do Y. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's that's not a real relationship at all. Exactly. At all. Frankly, I don't when need to you, see When you first, I, I'm going to end it with this because I just want to get your <laughs> final thoughts. But when you, yeah. when you first started watching this season, did you think in your mind immediately that none of these relationships were going to last? Because I know that there was one, there were two that we didn't really talk about because, you know, they kind of like normal in some sort of way. But did you look at any of these relationships and feel like they were going to last? I honestly didn't make a judgment call either way. Because if there's one thing that I've learned especially now given my current situation, mm-hmm. is that you simply never know. You just mm-hmm. don't know right. what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to meet that person. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know if you're going to walk into the Meadowlands one day and meet the person that's going to change your life when right. all you were there to do was a fucking job, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know that. So mm-hmm. I don't ever look at a situation and say, oh, well, you know, those two, you know, look like they're going to make it and those two don't. Mm-hmm. Because there's so mm-hmm. many variables in a relationship right. that you simply can't call it. And mm-hmm. it, given, too, we have the situation of, let's be real, like you, you briefly brought up earlier, 
you have a situation of editing. You know, people mm-hmm. can edit shit to make it look like something's happening when it's really not. Right. And, you know, so you have to take all those things into account. That's why when it comes to this show, I don't ever make a, a call or a bet as to whether a relationship will or won't last. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing I will say is that from the beginning, I never had any interest in engaging about Jeffrey and Bari's relationship because once that information about him came out, mm-hmm. look, you know me, very simple. I, I know probably better than anybody that everybody's got a past. Every every saint has a every saint has a past and every sinner has a future, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things, like I said earlier, that are unforgivable. Abusing a yeah. child. Mm-hmm. Be it, you know, be it because of molestation, of rape, of killing, anything like right. that, I mm-hmm. feel you're irredeemable because anybody can hurt somebody in the heat of passion when mm-hmm. they're adults. But but harming an innocent child or an innocent animal, I think you're irredeemable, frankly. And right. Mm-hmm. Once, once I made up my mind about Jeffrey, I had no, you know, no interest in engaging to know whether or not his relationship was going to work. I frankly didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So, and personally, mm-hmm. I hope his all his shit burns down. But <laughs> other than that, I just took it as yeah, no, seriously, just, just burn the motherfucker down. But other than that, I just said, you know what? Let's see what happens. You just never know. You know, may, maybe the old man and 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 the cam girl will work out. Who knows? Who knows? God knows. Who knows? The two, you know, the two lesbian girls didn't work out. Yeah, I, I I wondered about that relationship. I had a lot of questions, but again, you know, I didn't have enough background to understand how their relationship happened and why she was so reserved on sharing with her mom. I felt like her mom already knows. She's just oh, waiting yeah. to hear it, you know, from her. Because I think sometimes, you know, with parents, they pretty much can get an idea, but you know, again, I'm not really familiar with her backstory and how she came to be with um, the Australian girl. I forget her name right now. I don't, I can't remember. If it was Erica. 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 So um, I, I want to give a hypothetical. I know I said I was going to end with, with that, but just right. a hypothetical no, okay. situation. If somebody came to you and shared that they had been speaking to somebody online and they think mm-hmm. that, you know, that person could be the one and and maybe perhaps explore a life with them. What advice would you give them from your own personal experiences, from even watching this show and getting an idea of what may be good and what not what may not be good? What advice would you give? I would say and this is advice I would even take for myself that I've learned Mm -hmm. in my own recent experience. Mm -hmm. When someone has no connection to your past, Mm -hmm. the smart thing to do is to go with the flow and really look at the situation for what it is and Mm -hmm. just experience it, appreciate it, love it, enjoy Mm -hmm. the ride. But don't be an idiot. <laughs> but right. Don't be an idiot. Like, you know, if this is a situation where somebody's asking you for money, mm-hmm. um, recognize that that's what it is. 
if this yeah. is a situation where somebody is in extreme, extremely dire economic circumstances, mm-hmm. and you look like you know my big toe, then right. frankly, recognize that that's what it is. The chick ain't mm-hmm. with you for your looks, okay, sweetie. But yeah. you know, I, I would say, like I said, be realistic, but go with mm-hmm. the flow. Love it, respect it, appreciate it, enjoy it, um, and be safe. Yeah, most importantly. <laughs> and well, and by the way, that... and and this, you you know when I say this piece of advice is because I know it's going to hit your ears. Mm-hmm. If at any point you feel that you're not safe. Mm-hmm. That the dude is creepy, or the chick is creepy, or mm-hmm. that it otherwise just isn't right, and it's a scam or a con. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out. Whatever you gotta do exactly. to get out, get out. If you need my help, yeah. I'll help you. But get the fuck out. Right. No relationship worth that. No, it's not. Right. Believe me. Believe me when I tell you, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. It's not worth it at all. I mean, I would. I would say that it'd be best that if you're going to meet the person, give it about a week because a week should tell you a lot. You know, it told Mm -hmm. me. And sadly, I didn't listen to my own inner gut. But, you know, again, living and learning as each experience we go by and hope that we um, get with healthier and happier people. Well, I know you're happy. Now it's yeah. my turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, let me tell you something, girl. It'll happen when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. You know when you're really happy? When you least expect it. Yep. When, when, when you're literally, you know, yeah, I, I used to get, get that advice all the time. Hey, it'll happen when you don't expect it. You'll be surprised. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, whatever. Who, who gives right. But and right. that was literally my take. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You know, it it really did. It re- it yeah. really fucking did. It really fucking did. And I'm not gonna say it's perfect because mm-hmm. it's not. God knows I. You know we both come to the table with our own issues. We right. both are our own levels of fucked up because we're not mm-hmm. kids. We're not teenagers. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. 20 years old and fresh out of college. And, oh, wow, we're just, we're just going to get, you know, live together. And then we're going to get guys who are going to marry. We're going to have kids. We're going to have it. No, what the fuck is this? Right. You know, right. We, we recognize that as adults, relationships are not linear and mm-hmm. they don't always follow the necessarily projected timeline, mm-hmm. but they do. If you love each other enough, it works out because exactly. you find a way to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. You, fi- you find a fucking way. You you just do because that's your person. That's yeah. that, that that like if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you want to do is tell that person, hey, good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope you have a good day today, and I love you. Mm-hmm. That's your mm-hmm. person. That that's your fucking right. person. You yeah. know, if that person makes your life better. That's your fucking mm-hmm. person. Like, like exactly. seriously, he doesn't have to have God knows what kind of money. He doesn't have to be a goddamn prince on a white. That, that's your fucking person. Just, just, yep. just run with it. Don't worry about it. You, you'll figure it out. Exactly. I promise. Absolutely. Because the compromises become realistic. They're not taking yeah. away from you. 
They're not taking away from him. You're not being financially burdened and vice versa. No. You know no. what I mean? I mean, it's like I I laugh. I, I'm still very close friends with my ex that I broke up with, you know, 20 years ago. And we're still friends. Like, we're really, really good friends. Same and here, I joke girl. Around, Same here. I, I joke I around with him. <laughs> I have a... I have a box that I keep all of my change and everybody has that little change jar or box, wherever mm-hmm. it is that you keep your extra change, you just kind of throw it in there. And over time it builds up and I laugh with him every now and then I'll take pictures of the box and look how much change I have in here. It's getting heavier and heavier, you know, because that and was your thing. Yes. Because when I was with shit show, I couldn't even save a dime, you know? Right. I, it was like literally I had no jar filled with change because it was always needed for something that had nothing to do with me, you know? And right. since he's been gone, it's just, a, it was, it's like when you're watching like one of these ghosts things like I always do and you know you have the 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 malevolent spirit the black cloud you know what I mean and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and clears the room out and the sun is in and you can smell the air and it it felt that way you know what I mean yeah and that look here is my jar of change there's actual change in here there's weight in here Things that I was never able to do before because I felt exactly. trapped. And in some exactly. point, when you, when you think about it, and this, is, this really goes for anybody who has had this experience where they feel like they're obligated because the person uprooted their lives and, and all of these things is that we all have free will and we all yeah. have the ability to say no. No is still a complete sentence. It, that concept <laughs> never changed. You know what I mean? You never have to explain why no, just no. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong with feeling like this isn't working out for me. This isn't good for me. This isn't good for my spirit, my well-being, my mental capabilities, my emotions, whatever the case may be. You have gone Mm -hmm. through it. I have been there for you. You know that I have gone through it. You're there for me. You understand what I'm saying? And in, in that regard, Sometimes we may not even like hearing what other people have to say, but when we sit back and when we meditate and we think about it and we just calm ourselves, we know that we're going to be okay. Our friends know that we're going to be okay because they care about us. If they didn't care, they wouldn't say the things that they would say. You know what I'm saying? Correct, correct, (laughs) correct, correct. You know, and and that's that, that's just like to your point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in my in my previous, you know, shit show, you know, in my shit showcase, I had mm-hmm. a situation where I had to shrink myself to make that other person be built up. Okay. Right. And it was at the point where 
I literally had no identity because I was so busy propping up that other person because I felt that I had to prove my worth. But in this case, when he heard about the books that I wrote, mm-hmm. you know, I gave him a copy. You know, don't, don't right. get me wrong, I gave him a copy, the first one. But the next thing I knew, you know, he had bought three copies and handed them out to people that he that he loved in his life. Like, hey, and he was almost bragging about me. And it was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, you recognize that about me? Hold on. Right. Like, mm-hmm. for the first time, I was fully realized as a woman and not mm-hmm. as a means to an end. And right. Someone who's in my position, who does what she does and runs in the circles that she runs in, that's the most valuable thing you can ever fucking give to me. Because Mm -hmm. that tells me that you don't give a shit who I know or what I do or what credentials I have under my belt. You fuck with me because you fuck with me. And everything else is secondary. And I fuck with you because I fuck with you. And mm-hmm. even if it's not perfect, we're going to fucking work it out. Like, right. That, that, that sent that clear signal to me. Like, you know, remember how I would talk to you back and forth, like, oh, what about this? What about that? You know what? Mm-hmm. It, those, those, those little things, what, what, you, what you look at as little things, when you look at that at its source, mm-hmm. they send a huge and clear message that whatever it fucking takes, we're going to work it the fuck out. Okay, we're going exactly. to work it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And because and you like, know I've that it's never... worth it. Yeah, yeah. So what, he 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 more than proved to me that he's worth mm-hmm. it, and I'm mm-hmm. more than proved to him that I'm worth it. We're not perfect, but we're worth it, and we're going to make it work. Whatever what, whatever it is, it's not always going to be mm-hmm. easy, but it's going to be worth it. And if something, you know, but but if somebody doesn't make you feel that way, if somebody makes you feel lesser than, mm-hmm. that ain't it. That ain't your person. Right. You got that ain't your person. Somebody's exactly. if somebody has to put you down to build themselves up, that ain't your mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. But if somebody brags about you, that's your fucking person. That's right. your fucking person right there. So I love that. I really do, and I think it's great. But you know what? We come to the end of of the show, but yes, I just have. wanted to say that it's been informative as always uh, this definitely was a different conversation from what we had the last time um yeah. when we were on the show i like it because it's it's much deeper it has a deeper meaning for us it wasn't just about the 90 day fiance type of conversation i mean we did break it down but at the same time we also discussed our own personal experiences and i think You know, when we discuss topics like this, and this is the reason why I wanted to start Unfiltered in the first place, because it just wasn't about, you know, the banter of reality TV shows, but how we engage as an audience and in our personal lives, how these relationships do have an effect on us and and who we are as people. Um, and I think it's important for us to continue to grow and understand. And before we close out, because we literally have like 15 minutes left, I did yes. want to uh, mention the things that are going on in our world today that um, is quite disturbing um, and just send prayers out to the Lloyd family for 
what transpired recently with this police officer killing him. And there's a lot of people, you know, looting and riots. And while I don't agree with that, I do agree with protesting. I don't agree with fighting violence with violence that we come to some sort of resolution and hope that we can live in harmony, even though that may not ever happen. You know, you look at other countries think, and... <sighs> you know, what I will say is this. I think astrologically, and I don't mean to, to necessarily take it here, we were mm-hmm. warned that right. 2020 would be a year of growth and change and development. We're now in the age of Aquarius, whereas before mm-hmm. we were in the age of Pisces. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're now in the age of Aquarius. And the age of Aquarius is not that, that cheesy 60s song where it's all like love and light and the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Right. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in, in many cases, unfortunately, you have to burn things down before they can be built up again. Um, it's like right. Kylo Ren says, mm-hmm. Last Jedi, uh, mm-hmm. let the past go. Kill it if you have to. It's the only way you can become who you were truly meant to be. And the mm-hmm. fact is, is that black people are tired. You, you, you feel it in the air. They're just exhausted. They're, they're Absolutely. This fucking orange menace, Darth fucking mm-hmm. Cheeto, is, mm-hmm. is wearing on their very souls. Four years yeah. of absolute abuse and being called thugs and sons of bitches and this and that mm-hmm. and the other. Mm-hmm. The rise of white supremacy, the rise of neo-Nazism, you know, police, increased police brutality, men and women of color dying at the hands of police. They're fucking exhausted. Do you blame them for being angry? Come on. Like, uh, I mean, I I agree with you on that. I mean, even though, like like I said before, I don't agree with the violence on violence, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. You do get tired. You do get fed up. And it just comes to a point that that's what it comes down to, you know? Yeah. And then hopefully, hopefully something something will happen, something in, in a more positive sense, because what's happening now is scary and it's fucked up. There's no other way to put it, but that's a, you know, yeah, a whole other is, different show. And you know what? Remember, phoenixes only can rise from the ashes. Okay. Yeah. And when it mm-hmm. built back up again, it better be better than it was before. A system Absolutely. that's built on inequality cannot stand on its own. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe this is, we tried the nonviolent way, girl. Girl, they tried. Colin Kaepernick yeah. took a knee to protest this. They mm-hmm. killed his NFL player. So, mm-hmm. so we tried mm-hmm. nonviolent. Mm-hmm. Nobody listened. You listening yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> listening now? Oh, now we are. <laughs> oh, good. Good. So maybe now we can be better. Like, yeah. But like you said, everybody has a breaking point. Everybody reaches a point Absolutely. where they say enough is fuck enough. Yeah, sooner course. or later, if you beat a dog enough, the dog is going to get back up and bite you. You can't cry when mm-hmm. it happens because you mm-hmm. provoked it. So yeah. it's it just what it is. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you kept poking the dragon until the dragon woke up and started burning down fucking Westeros. Who are you going to blame for that? Who told you yeah. about the fucking dragon? What would you yeah, think exactly. if you would be this? What? Come on. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, again, I, do I do I want to see this level of violence? No, of course not. No, but nobody in their mm-hmm. right mind right wants to see 
deliberate violence. Nobody but a complete mm-hmm. fucking sociopath delights in violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit here and say I don't understand why. Right. Yeah. And and I'm with you on that. I do understand, and it it does it is frustrating and sad that it's come to this, and that um, you know this level of hate still exists, and it's sickening. It's it's a sickness yeah. for people to hate on that level. There's something really wrong with you when you hate on that level. But you know, I wanted to bring this up because before I close out the show. I just wanted to have a moment of silence. So yes. with all that Black being matter. said. Black lives matter. Yes. With all that being said, uh, before we do the moment of silence, I want to thank Bernadette for being on the show and for breaking 90 Day Fiance down and relationships as a whole and sharing our experiences. And this is Maribel Blue signing off. As always, remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and most importantly, take care of you. And we're going to have a moment of silence before we close out with the music. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.